shipping. There are so many options when it comes to shipping your products to your customers. Do you offer free shipping? Same-day shipping? Do you offer shipment tracking? Are you using the right shipping products? And are you making sure your packaging is optimal for warehousing and returns? That is a lot to consider. Welcome to the Ecom Manager Podcast. Our mission is to help you succeed in your e-commerce journey with helpful, actionable advice from the experts who made it big. I'm your host, Francois Marchand. Today, I'm joined by Teddy Smith. He's an e-commerce business owner and the e-com manager's expert on e-commerce logistics. We'll be chatting about how to optimize your shipping processes and customer experience and reduce costs associated with shipping. So stay tuned to discover the best practices for shipping and packaging, how to balance speed and shipping costs, and some of the key shipping trends e-commerce managers should be paying attention to. So Teddy Smith, welcome to the Ecom Manager podcast. Really happy to have you here today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Teddy, I've mentioned in the introduction that you're one of our expert contributors, that you know a lot about logistics, warehouse management, order, delivery, shipping. You're my logistics guy. So today I wanted to focus on shipping, shipping processes. And why don't you give us a little bit of background about your expertise in terms of shipping experience and making shipping experiences better for your own business. Give us a little kind of a nutshell recap of how you've uh, come to be our resident expert at ECM. Sure. So, I mean, I've been working in e-commerce for about 10 years. I started off as more of a management consultant working in e-commerce on the more of a technical side. So we did a lot of replatforming of e-commerce websites but also lots of warehouse rebuilds and software integrations for warehouse warehouses for big brands. So these are brands like Carphone Warehouse and Argos, which is a UK brand, a bit like Amazon. So I started off doing that. And I've also got my own e-commerce brand, which mostly sells on Amazon, but we do also sell our products through wholesale and through our own website. And so for that, my shipping experience is a lot of international logistics, shipping products from China, Vietnam, India mostly, some of them are from the UK too, and sending them like around the world to different warehouses and also fulfilling orders from both our own website and various different marketplaces. So I've got quite a lot of experience in doing these sorts of shipments, both in the UK where I live and also in America and other countries as well. Thanks for the great recap there. I'm going to throw a big question at you. In your experience, what are some common challenges that you've faced as an e-commerce manager. And that would also apply to some of the challenges that e-commerce companies face when it comes to shipping. Sure. So I mean, there's different issues or different challenges that people have usually based on like the size of the business and kind of who they're competing with. So when I was working with bigger brands, to be honest, a lot of them were just trying to keep up with whatever Amazon were doing and their sort of innovations in the area. Like Amazon were the first people to introduce really effective next day delivery. Like it did exist before, but it was never really done properly. It was more of a quite expensive add-on. Whereas when Amazon brought in Amazon Prime and customers basically got free next day delivery for all their orders or very quick delivery in the US, that really put a lot of pressure on the other businesses to follow suit. So things like next day delivery, that was one of the problems or the challenges that 
businesses have because that's quite difficult to do unless you're partnering with quite big brands. I know, for example, when I was working at Argos, Next Day Delivery for them was something that they could do quite quickly because they had warehouses all over the country. But if you're a small brand and you, you know, maybe you do self-fulfillments, like you ship the items yourself from your own garage, or maybe you ship them using a warehouse partner, the next day delivery could be quite expensive. So that's a challenge that people have. Now there's even things like same day delivery, which not everywhere has, but I've seen it, especially when I was in London. That was something that was happening quite a lot. And I feel like that's going to be the biggest challenge for people now, because if you don't want to just sell your products on Amazon, then you know, you've got to really be offering these sort of this good service in order to keep up with them. Another issue that people have is tracking. So customers really like to be able to track where their orders are coming from. And a lot of brands do a really good job of this, where you can literally see like the stop on the journey of the delivery driver where it is. And that's an amazing customer experience because if you're at home and you need to go and get milk from the shop and you can see that the guy's five stops away, you know, you might wait and then do that a bit later. And that gives you a really good customer experience, I think. So tracking is quite difficult unless you're really partnering with one of these big companies like UPS or someone like that, because it's difficult to, you know, give that level of customer experience. And I mean, the main one that is also difficult at the moment is the rising cost of shipping. It's getting really expensive at the moment. Things like, yeah, I mean, the, I, I noticed my own shipping has gone up by about a pound per order over the last year and a half or so, which is quite a lot. You know, it's like a 20% increase or something like that. So it's you've, those that extra money has just got to be eaten by your profit margin, usually, unless you can work out how to increase those prices. Yeah. So it's not just one challenge. It's multiple challenges that you're faced when it comes to shipping, especially if you're a smaller business that doesn't have kind of powerhouse level of an Amazon or a major e-commerce brand with its own kind of delivery options or shipping options and partners and so on. But you want to get your products to your customer as efficiently and as quickly as possible at the lowest cost possible. So how do you determine what the best shipping option is for your customers and which options did you implement for your own business purposes? That is a really good question. So it completely depends on the business that you have. And I think it's important to think about what your competition, like your, especially your direct competition is doing. Like, for example, if you sell you know, something like iPhone cables or something really small, your customers are going to expect that they can get that product quite quickly and generally they need it quite urgently. Whereas if you sell something like a garden shed, like no one's expecting that to be delivered next day. Like people expect that to be like a, a bit more of a longer lead time. So it really kind of depends on what sort of products you're selling. So I would think about if you are selling something small and something that people probably are looking for quite urgently, that's when you've got to think about whether you can offer something like next day delivery or even by using a different fulfillment option, such as Amazon FBA. Amazon FBA is a great option for that. I don't want this to sound like I'm just giving an advert for Amazon FBA because it does have a lot of downsides as well. But it's important to think about how you can compete with those shipping options because customers find it really convenient to use marketplaces like that. Another thing to think about is your product like custom-made or is it ready-made? If it's custom-made, no customer is going to expect that to be done next day. That, I mean... If you could do that, that would be an exceptional customer experience. But people expect that to take a few days to be made uh, or to be put together. So something like that would impact like what shipping options you would choose. Another thing, you might want to think about whether you're going to charge for shipping as well. A good example of this is I was just buying some cricket shoes the other day and the cricket season's about to start in England. So I wanted to get some new shoes for the season. 
Now that's quite a niche product and it's not the sort of thing you can just find on like most shops, like even most sports shops don't really sell cricket shoes. So when I bought these shoes, I know I bought them, they're the wrong size and I tried to send them back and that was really complicated. I had to print something out and send it back. And for me, I was thinking I probably won't shop from that shop again because I'm used to having a better customer experience. So they also did charge me for the shipping and I had to pay for it to be sent back. So it really cost me quite a bit more than I wanted to pay, which made me think I'd probably just go to a shop next time. So if you are thinking about charging for your shipping, you better make sure that that experience is really good for the customer. And if you are going to allow returns as well, you should also make sure that that process is really good for the customer and really easy. I think essentially having that level of service is really, really important. Much more important than it used to be because you are competing with all these brands who are also competing with big brands like Amazon who can just do this sort of very easy returns process and very easy shipping process for a very small cost compared to what you can do. I had a similar experience. I just bought some boots, new boots, wrong size. You and I are just yeah. <laughs> facing the same issues. And yeah, there was no return slip in the box. I don't have a printer at home. I don't know that many people that do have printers at home. So I couldn't print out the return slip. I ended up going to the store to return it. It was easier for me to go to the brick and mortar and return it there. So I totally understand what you're saying about that return experience. You want that to be as efficient as the delivery and the reception of the product. Let's talk about boxes. Let's talk about packaging, because that's a big component of the shipping process. So how do you ensure that your shipments are delivered on time and in good condition? That's a big deal. And what do you do when problems arise? Yeah, so there's a couple of points there, isn't there? So when you've got your packaging, obviously the most important thing is that it arrives there safely. So before you take any sort of aesthetic considerations, you have to make sure the product gets there safely. Now, one of the products I sell is a candle. It's got a glass, it's a glass candle. So obviously that's quite a fragile product to ship. And when we first made our products, we chose prettiness over like sturdiness. And so we did have quite a few returns for that product. Not as many as we could have done, but we did have a few more than we wanted. That was a really good lesson for me to learn to make sure that we're really paying attention to our packaging design and making sure it's appropriate for the products we're going to send. Obviously, the aesthetics of the packaging are really important depending on the type of product you sell. So, you know, my product is a candle. It's more of a pretty, a nice product to have. So it has to have really nice packaging. You know, going back to that previous example, if you sell a garden shed, there's no need to have a nice box. It can come in just a normal, as a shed, you know. So thinking about, yeah, the aesthetics and also the sturdiness. One other thing I think about is the size of the packaging. It has quite a big impact on the cost of shipping and also warehousing and other costs like that that are associated with the product. And I think a lot of people don't take that into consideration, especially if they're new to launching products. When you sell on Amazon, they charge their warehouse space by the square footage that you use. And if you use a third-party logistics warehouse, they'll either charge by the square footage or by the pallets that you use. So if you've got bigger packaging, then you'll be able to fit less products on one pallet or they'll also charge via square footage. So the size of that packaging is really important to think about as well. So what happens when problems arise? So we talked about, you know, costs associated with space, some issues you might have with the packaging, things get broken, it happens. So 
The bigger the box doesn't necessarily mean the safer the product, although it might help, but it'll also mean it costs a lot more. So how do you balance that? Yeah, so when, as I said, it's important that it's sturdy. So if you have to put things like bubble wrap or extra foam inside to make sure the product doesn't break, that's the first thing you need to consider. But when problems do arise, it's generally, there's a couple of ways to kind of get around it. Firstly, you could have an inspection at source. So that would be where the product is made. So with me, I use a testing company called Kima, which is QIMA. They are a really well-respected testing agency and they'll do things like the drop test. So the drop test is where you get a product and literally drop it on the ground from like a foot or two feet or something like that and see if it breaks. And they'll provide you a really good reports about how that packaging is looking after the drop and how it would react to things like it getting damp or you know all those sort of things that could happen during a transit. They'll test for that. So that's a really good thing to do. And it's not too expensive. It's usually about $250 to $400 for a day to test it. So if it's your first shipment, you might find that a bit of a, an expensive outgoing. But you know, if you're an experienced e-commerce manager, there's no reason why you shouldn't be doing this. And the other thing is you can usually get customer feedback and make sure you're acting on it. Like when I had that problem with the candle, I didn't do the testing as much as I should up front. But then I started getting returns. And usually in those returns, you can see customer comments. The main thing is you're dealing with them and making sure you're giving the customer a refund and, or at least a good experience about how they can send that product back. When I speak to a lot of people who are just starting out selling, especially on Amazon, they'll get their first refund and they say, oh, what should I do with this refund? And I say, just give them the money back and hope they don't complain because you don't want to get a bad review on your listing because that will really like affect how other customers see your products. So it's important to like look at that feedback that customers are telling you and then act on it in the future. There's two parts to it as well. There's how you send it to the customer. So that could be using Royal Mail or UPS and also how it's protected during freight. And those are two things to look at. We did cover that quite a lot in the article I wrote about the packaging for e-commerce products. So that would be a good time to plug that article that I wrote so that you could check that one out. Yes, thank you very much for mentioning the articles. If you're looking for those articles that uh, Teddy wrote about shipping processes, it's also sustainable packaging. We'll put them in the show notes. If you have access to the show notes, you can click on those links and go read those articles on the Ecom Manager. It's essential advice from Teddy over here. Next question, I guess, is how do we balance the need for fast and free, which is very important when it comes to shipping, with the need to keep costs slow? I mean, we talked about, you know, the amount of space that it takes in the warehouse and that costs you more. A bigger package will cost more to ship per the option that you choose, whether it's UPS, Royal Mail, other carriers. So yeah, how do you find that right balance between the two? This is a really hard one because a lot of customers do expect like next day or at least very quick delivery now. I don't think it's 100% needed, but you have to remember that you are competing with these brands that do have very, very quick deliveries. I think one of the most important things is, you know, firstly, you could consider using one of these other services. So for example, if you are selling on Amazon through FBA, you know, you can send your stock in in bulk and then at least you're not competing with them because, you know, they're doing the shipping for you. It's, I mean, the one good thing about them is they get a lot more traffic than really you're ever going to generate for yourself. So it can be a good way to get lots of eyeballs on your products. The other thing I would say is with if you are selling on your own website, what is really important is the customer service that you're providing like from the very start. 
and making sure that the expectation is set with the customer before they place an order. So for example, I was shopping the other day on John Lewis, which is like a sort of a high-end department store in the UK. And I was buying quite an expensive piece of electrics. I think it was a vacuum cleaner. So I wanted to know more about the technical aspects of that product. Now, having really good information on the website in the first place makes me more encouraged to want to buy from that store. And so that kind of gives me quite a lot of customer loyalty because I really trust that they know what they're talking about and they don't just try and sell me a product that is the most profitable for them. They give me a lot of reviews about exactly how the product works. Now, how that relates to shipping is they didn't actually have next day delivery available. And I probably could have got the same products from Amazon. But having all of this really great information about the products on the website helped me build up the customer loyalty, which kind of took away the need for next day delivery because not always I need next day delivery. So that is a really important part of the process, like the very setting the customer expectations at the beginning. And if you're not going to give next day delivery or you're not going to give free delivery, for example, make sure it's really clear to the customer up front so that they know that that's what it's going to be and don't hide anything from them. I mean, you're right. You know, when it comes to fast, free, that's a great add-on. That's a great feature. But if the experience is bad, what did you win? You probably have not gained customer loyalty. You haven't gained a second purchase or an opportunity to upsell to another tier of product. So think about that as an e-commerce manager out there, that the experience that you provide to your customers matters just as much as fast and free, right? That's true. We talked, you, you touched on it earlier about the sustainable packaging. Having things like that can really set you apart from someone like Amazon who sends products out in very generic packaging. And so if you can provide a really amazing like customer unboxing experience, for example, with something like sustainable packaging or with free gifts or something like that, that will help build the customer loyalty. And so whilst you, the customer might not get free or might not get next day delivery, they'll have a really nice experience of using your brands. And so you're much more likely to want to shop from them in future, even though you don't get the next day delivery for free. I mean, I go back to, we've been talking about shoes a lot, I feel. There's another example of a shoe buying experience. I seem to buy a lot of shoes online. But, you know, I'm buying a pair of very durable shoes that I know are going to last for a long time. I get the fantastic unboxing experience with like a little handwritten note from the company founder and all that. I know I'm not going to buy another pair of shoes for maybe a year and a half, two years, maybe three, if these shoes are as durable as they say they are. But when I do, I'm going back to that brand because they provided me such a great experience on a one-time purchase. So yes, and again, we have more details about all the sustainable packaging options and little things to add to your unboxing experience. Thanks to Teddy on the ECM website, links in the show notes again. I want to ask you before we wrap, Teddy, what are some of the current trends? Okay, we talked about sustainability. That's super important. But what are some other shipping trends that any e-commerce manager today should be paying attention to? So there's a lot more companies that are starting to offer same-day delivery, and it's become more expanded. So before, it was really restricted to things like central London or big cities where people with bicycles like delivery drivers and Uber Eats drivers or, and things like that could deliver products on a day-to-day basis. But that is expanding quite a lot. There's more companies coming in who are offering that sort of delivery. For example, in Leeds, there's a company, I live in Leeds, which is in North England, and there's a company here that's just offering bicycle delivery 
same day. And it's like a courier service. And it's because a lot of the products are based in warehouses in or around this city. So there's a lot more options coming up for that same day delivery. And if you are selling a product that people might want quite urgently, that could be something to look at as a more like localized service. And another thing is collection points. So collection points have been around for a while, but there's, again, there's companies who are now offering collection points, even if you're not using their website to sell in, like such as Amazon collection points. And again, I, Argos was another one I was spoken about earlier. They have collection points in the UK. Now that's a really good thing because you can get your product delivered somewhere where it's convenient for you to pick it up and you get a little code to type it in and pick up the product. And also you can even return the products to that locker, which is a really good thing to do because it means I don't have to go to the shop and get it scanned in. I can just tell the website I've done it and then go and put it in the box and then it gets locked in. So it's a really great experience. I think you can offer a lot of extra value by providing services like that. Yeah. So those are two things that I've been looking at, which I think will be the, which are good trends to look into. Fantastic. The locker, like this deposit locker experience isn't something that we fully, I guess, embraced in Canada. We do have communal mailboxes, but most of the time they end up getting shipped to the local post office pickup point, which isn't optimal. So I'm curious to see if that will become a model here. That's maybe a little bit more common in Europe and in maybe in the US as well, where you can have products dropped off at different locations that are like privately owned. So yeah, interesting trends, Teddy. We'll keep an eye on that for sure. Before we wrap, anything else that you might want to add about what we talked about today, your experience as an e-commerce manager, or maybe, you know, what's your number one tip for any e-commerce manager to know out there? So the main thing I found that has helped grow businesses is my business and other people I speak to is just to just make sure you're using as many channels as possible to sell your products because you never really know which one is going to be the best one for you. You've got to count that by not overstretching yourself. But if you've got enough stock to you know get in front of more customers, it is worth looking at trying to get products on wholesale, for example. I've used Fair and Ankle Store really successfully and they've really helped to grow the brand. Uh, marketplaces are a really great way to get your products in front of customers who wouldn't have seen your products otherwise. And also, you know, using a bit more advertising to drive people to your own website so that you can collect more of that customer data. So you're just using as many different sort of platforms as you can to to try and to try and get more sales. Because the more people that buy your products, then the more your brand's going to grow by people recognizing your brand. Diversify. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Exactly. <laughs> right. That's the lesson here. If you want to grow, make it work in different ways. Teddy, where can we follow your work besides, obviously, the Ecom Manager website? Yes, yeah, so I've got my, my links on the Ecom Manager website. And also I've got a YouTube channel, which is just my name, which is Teddy A.G. Smith. And I'm also a writer a lot at teddyagsmith.com, where I have blogs about e-commerce, Amazon, things like that, whatever I want to write about, really. Awesome. Thanks for sharing your experience. We'll have you again, I'm sure, because there's so many areas of logistics that we'll want to tackle. On that note, I want to thank you, the listener out there, for tuning into this episode of the Ecom Manager podcast. We do appreciate your support. If you liked what you heard today, please don't be shy and leave us a review and comment to let us know how we're doing. And don't forget to subscribe to the Ecom Manager podcast, of course, to be the first to know when we drop a new episode in your feed. In the meantime, if you'd like to stay in touch with all things e-commerce, visit theecm.com slash subscribe and sign up for our newsletter. 
And until next time, we wish you all the best in your e-commerce journey.